Welcome to the Live Big Podcast featuring Dr. Derek Greer, where we teach principles from God's Word that will empower you to live big. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com. Here's Dr. Greer. Fence is an event. Being offended is a choice. Watch how Jesus handled his offense. He addressed it. There's no magic formula to dealing with conflict. I wish I could just rub a a lamp somewhere and just make all conflict go away. But nothing succeeds like address. We will never change the things we refuse to confront. Pay attention to what I'm saying to you today and learn from Jesus. I'm about to go some places. But some of the problems in our families and in our lives is because we cowards. We won't address it. We'll pretend it's not happening. We'll ignore it. We'll do everything but speak to it. But if we're really going to be like Christ, when something goes sideways, you got to say, well, that, that, that went sideways. Now, I love you, my brother. I'm for you. I want to get this right. But I need to tell you that that bothered me. And, I, and I'm not okay with that. In fact, that's the devil. (laughs) That is wrong in so many ways, Peter. Peter, you're supposed to be supporting me, and now you're here trying to tempt me not to step into my purpose and what God has for me. Peter, I love you. You're my friend, boy, but but you better cut this out. You're acting like the devil. And listen, how did your child end up the way your child ended up? Because you wouldn't speak to it. You ignored it. You excused it. Sometimes you rewarded it. But you wouldn't call it what it is. You wouldn't have that conversation. You wouldn't look that child in the eye and say, no, no, you know better than that. You are better than that. You're going to do better than that, child. You hear what I'm saying? You, 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 you come from a place better than how you act in. But that type of parenting doesn't come through osmosis. Some things you have to address. I don't want to address half the things I address, half the things I say up here, I don't want to say. But if you don't confront it, you can't correct it. And parenting is not about being your child's friend. I don't know where I'm going with all this parenting. Now, if you parent right, the friendship will come later. But when my kids were in sixth grade, I wasn't trying to be their friends. I had my friends. Now, I love them, but I was their daddy, and I had to be daddy. Now that they're grown, you know, it's a little bit different. I don't tell them what to do, and all, but they also can't just always tell me what to do either, you know? But, but, but with that, because we, we come to relationships with such holes in our lives, we need approval from our children. What's wrong with you? I don't know where I'm going. I don't know what's wrong with me this morning. No, my children need my approval. And they don't always have to approve. They don't have enough life experience to know anything yet. They haven't been married. They haven't paid a mortgage. They haven't lived a life. They haven't worked a job. What do they know? They know television. They know video games. 
they know Boo Boo and, 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 and I don't know, Rashid in, in the hallway at school. And you can't fix a problem on the same maturity level it was created. So it requires some grown folk, some elders in the house, to speak into the confused mind of their children. But we trying to be cool, we trying to be hip, we trying to fit in with the world. That's why your child's so crazy. Because he's becoming just like you. I don't know why I went there. I don't know what just happened. I just had an out of body. Forgive me, and I'll get back to the text. So what she said? She said, she said, get these children. That's what she said. We're not that far south. No, we love the babies. That's why we parent. That's why sometimes you got to be hard on them a little bit. Don't beat them. Love on them. But, 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 but we got to, listen, if, if you don't discipline them in the house, how are they going to learn discipline on the job? Don't send your children ill-prepared for life. See, they never heard a no at home, so they quit their job the first no they hear. Get a trophy for every event, but when the teacher says, you know what, that's the wrong answer, you get a C. I'm quitting school. I ain't never going back because you raised them wrong. I don't know what's wrong with me, but here's the deal. The Bible says, is, is the grace of God teaches us to say no to worldliness and ungodliness. And sometimes you got to say no. Not all the time, but sometimes. A well-placed no is good for your child. All right, I'm going to get back. You know, each service's message comes out differently, so I'm, I'm curious what's going to happen next one. He said, for you, Peter, are not mindful of the things of God, but the things of men. Meaning, Peter was concerned about what everyone else might think about the cross, what the scholars said, perhaps, or, or what the, 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 the uh, Pharisees and Sadducees. But the problem was he didn't bother to ask God. But what I want you to see here, though, is after this conflict Jesus had with Peter, he didn't ghost Peter for the rest of the Gospels. He didn't cancel Peter, either. He knew Peter was still in process. And he made room for his process. And you need to make room for your child to make mistakes. Some, listen, sometimes as a parent, I intentionally, I told him, I, you know, I told him a couple of times, but I'm like, you know what, you can do you. Yeah, make, do your thing. I'll be here when you get back. And, and you can try to protect your child so much you hurt your child. So my attitude was, I want my boys to make mistakes while they're in the house so they can come home to the house as they learn. And I know that's a little hard to hear, but, but listen, your kids aren't robots. And you have to give them space to grow. And Peter, God had a plan for his life. But throughout the Gospels, we see Peter growing. Matthew 26 and 31. Ten chapters later, 
the making continues. And we want, you know what, God just zapped me and I'm there. Ten years later, 20 years later, sometimes 30, 40, 50 years later, the making continues. Verse 31. Then Jesus said to the disciples, or them, all of you will be made to stumble because of me this night. Skip to 33. Peter does it again. But Peter answered and said to him, even if all are made to stumble because of you, Jesus, I will never. When you start talking about what you're never going to do, you about to do it. I'm serious. I'm real careful about what I say I would never do. Because usually there's a whole lot of pride under that. And the devil gets an opportunity to just show me sometimes what I'm, I'm, I'm really made out of deep down inside. He said, I will never be made to stumble. But how many of y'all know it's not a good idea to argue with Jesus? But Peter obviously had some blind spots. But here's what I know about blind spots. It's funny how they're always shaped exactly like us. Jesus said to him, boy, did I stutter. Assuredly, there's this passion here. Verily, verily, amen, amen. So Jesus gets some attitude too. He said, Joker, listen. Have I ever told you anything that didn't happen? Assuredly, I say to you, this night. That's why I ain't talking about never with God. I'm like, Lord, with your help, I will never. But in my own strength, I don't know what I'm going to do. That's why I'm so slow to judge everybody else, because I don't know, given the same situation and circumstances, what I might do. So I'm slow with my never. He said, Assuredly, tonight, Peter, tonight. Big old brave Peter, before the rooster crows, you will deny me thrice, three times. And Peter was like, you know, God, do you, do you know who I am? Because he dug in. Peter's in process. He said, even if I have to die with you, I ain't like these other boys. I will not deny you. I like what Mike Tyson says. Everyone knows what they would do in a situation until they get punched in the face. And when life punches you in the face, then you discover what you're really made out of. Now, Peter has some imaginations about himself and an image of himself, but life has a way of showing us what's really going on on the inside. Matthew 26 is 69. Sometimes, God, in the making process, has to break our hearts to save our souls. And as hard as it is on you as a parent to tell your child no, because you love him, you do. And because God loves you, he sometimes has to say no. Sometimes he has to break us in order to make us. Now, Peter sat outside in the courtyard. He just made this great 
confession, this great proclamation of his courage and his commitment to Jesus. And a little girl, I didn't say that, I said a servant girl, but a little girl came to him saying, you also were with Jesus of Galilee. But he denied it before them, saying, I don't know what you're saying. Didn't he just say, even if I have to die with you, Jesus, aren't people a trip? <laughs> this not only happened once, it happened twice and then a third time. But sometimes God has to break our hearts to save our souls. Verse 73. And a little later, this is the third time, those who stood by came up and said, to Peter, surely you're also one of them, for your speech betrays you. You see, you could try to pretend. You could try to blend in with the crowd. But when you really belong to Jesus, there'll always be something about you that will give you away. But Peter, what does he do? He digs in. Peter put the S on stubborn. He began to curse and swear, saying, I do not know the man. No longer the Son of God. No longer the Christ. I don't know the man. It seems... Peter had a personality that instead of admit he was wrong, he would dig in. How many of you know some people like that? Yeah. How many of you are people like that? Yeah. But sometimes God must break our hearts to save our souls. So in order for Peter to be used, the way God wanted him to be used in Acts chapter 2 when he stood up. Now, out of all the disciples, Jesus picked the man that betrayed him. But it was also, let, let's not miss the story, it was also someone who cut off his ear, the, the, somebody's ear to protect his Jesus. So it's not all bad, but he's back and forth. And, 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 and he loved Jesus, but he just had weaknesses in himself. And what God had to do is let the heat get hot enough for those weaknesses to be exposed. Now, here's the challenge. We're like, God, why did this happen? You know, Lord, I'm losing it. I'm flipping out. I'm going to go off. God wants to introduce you to your real you. Stay with me. Not the church you. Not the you you hope to be. But he has to sometimes, because we live in denial with that way. We lie to ourselves. We just lie. It's like, if I told you, you wouldn't believe me, so I'm going to have to show you. So I'm going to let your life get so hot, so what's really in you begins to come out. And when it comes out, there'll be no denying anymore. <laughs> you won't even have to believe me because there will be evidence because of what you said and what you did. So if... 
Peter would have listened, he probably would not have needed to be shown. But we already see in his personality, he's not a listening guy. He'll fight for whatever he has in his head. Whether it's true or not, he'll fight for it. So in order for Peter to be useful, God had to reveal his imperfections. And you're wondering about the season you're going through. And you're mad at God because it's bringing out some of the worst in you. But he's only bringing out the worst in you so he can ultimately bring out the best in you. Because this is the way it goes with faith. The Bible says our faith is more precious than gold. But what do we know about the smelting process? The gold comes out of the ground. It's mixed with rock and dirt and all the rest of the stuff. So what do you have to do? You have to heat it up. You get it really, really hot. Hot enough for the yuck to surface. Pay attention. You said, Lord, if you loved me, this would not happen. God said, because I love you, it's happening. And all that yuck begins to surface. You're embarrassed. I thought I was a man of God. I thought I was a woman of God. I thought it was better. But guys like that was your problem. But what does God do when all that bad stuff surfaces, the goldsmith doesn't say, that ain't gold, I'm through with it. He's like, that's the purpose of the heat. He's like, oh, that stuff's finally rising. Can't pretend, can't deny it anymore. So what he does, he scoops off the bad stuff and he looks in it again and then he heats it even hotter. And then other stuff starts emerging and he scoops it off again. And then you'd be like, well, I'm surely it's over. God would not put me through any more than, 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 than what I've gone through. But he heats it up a little bit more. You've heard me tell this story before. The apprentice said to the goldsmith, when do we know the gold is done? And the goldsmith said, when you can look over and see your reflection." And God is saying, you ain't done till I can see my reflection. You ain't done till I can see my character. You ain't done till I can see God in you. Let's, let's finish up here. Immediately, a rooster crowed. May I be your rooster today. So, strong, stubborn, braver than everybody else, Peter, went out, cried like a baby. He not only disappointed himself, he hurt and abandoned Jesus at his weakest, in his deepest moment of need. And God had to break his heart to save his soul. God had to show him his weakness 
so God could release his strength. What I want to say to you in closing today is if God only used perfect people, he would have no one to use. And it was only after this breaking process was over that God could use him the way he used him. The purpose of my life and your life is not just to be comfortable, it's not just to be happy, it's to be useful. And God is looking, the eyes of the Lord go to and fro the earth, looking for someone in whom he could show himself strong looking for people who will go through the process so they can be useful. Many of us just want to be saved, and I'm excited about that. That's a great step. But why should God keep you in this life if you're not useful? He might as well let that disease take its course. You might as well go on to glory because you're not useful. But to become useful, there's a process. It's never instant. It'll cost you something. You have to face things in yourself. You have to see things you don't want to see. And it's not because God hates you. Like the drill instructor, he doesn't hate you. He just knows you're going to face war. And God knows what's needed in your future. So he brings you through the desert place like John. He raises you in a dry place, a hard place so you can be prepared for your future. So right now, with every head bowed, every eye closed, I don't think I would minister this message unless there were people in a hard place. And you're like, why, God, why? And God's like, see, see? Look at how you've been behaving. Look at how you've been acting. You say you're a Christian, but have you forgiven? You, you, you say you follow me, but have you been holy? Have you been saying right things? Have you been speaking to the mountain? Have you, have you been using your faith or just responding like there's no God and no hope and no future? God is saying the reason you're in your situation was to show you your need of me. And in this hour, you're in process. It's not just about comfort. It's not just about blessing. It's about usefulness. But if you will commit to the process, I will use you to my glory. I will do things you could never imagine. The reason you're in the hard place is because of the future. Trust me, I'm God. I see it all at the same time and I know exactly what you need. No, I did not bring that pain into your life, but I will bring you through that pain. I will give you what it takes to do what you need to do. But you're going to have to trust me because I'm not going to let you out the fire. I know you're asking me to get you out. I'm your daddy and I say no. I'm not going to stop till I'm finished. Quitting will not make it go any faster. God said, let me be daddy. You say father. He said, let me be father. So the Bible said he disciplines those he loves. God must love me sometimes because I feel disciplined. God loves you. That's why. 
I don't yell at other people's children. I yell at my, well, I shouldn't yell at them, but you know, I held on my own. The only reason God's on your case is because you belong to him. And he let it get hot for a reason. Stop running, stop blaming. Start talking about, I'm gonna switch families if you belong to God. Let him be daddy, let him be father. Go through the process. And like Peter, your future is so much brighter than anything in your past. Every head bowed, every eye. You have been listening to the Live Big Podcast with Dr. Derek Greer. For more information, visit DerekGreer.com or follow Dr. Greer on social media.